0: Hey everybody and welcome to the show. We have an exciting episode for you this week and this episode features none other than Jack Klett from ETS and Jamie Gleason from DD Agency. Now, I was actually just at NAGAP which is the Association for Graduate Enrollment Managers in Chicago, and both Jack and Jamie were there. And the two of them said, Hey, Zach, we we love your podcast. We'd love to come on and just share some musings for the event. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to join them for this conversation, but these two guys are chock full of ideas and insights and uh, share some real good nuggets about the takeaways that they learned and others learned from this event. So you're going to love it. All right, folks, without further ado, get ready to meet Jamie and Jack and enjoy the show. Let me know what you think. You can DM me on LinkedIn or Twitter. All right, guys, take care.
1: So here we are, Jack. Um, it is, uh, we're on day two, day three, I suppose, of uh, NAGAP 2022 here in beautiful Chicago, also known as, what are, the, what are the nicknames of Chicago? The Windy City. Isn't there another one? Beantown? Is it Beantown? Uh, I don't know. I feel I like know. it is Beantown. Someone Google that and hit the hit up our website with an answer. I believe that it's Beantown. Chai Town? Um, I feel like Chai Town yeah. is Chicago. People is say that. Chicago? Yeah. Um, but yeah, great city. We've had lovely weather so far. I think we're in for some rain later on. But um, So here we are. Let's talk about... Uh, goal of the episode is three big takeaways from... NAGAP 2022. And, and and for those of you who listen, or are listening here, let's just welcome you to the episode. My name is Jamie Gleason. I'm the Vice President of Enrollment Strategy at DD Agency. Um, DD Agency has been a longtime partner with NAGAP. And uh, as I've noticed here at, at my first in-person event, uh, we have a lot of friends here in the GEM community that really know who we are and love what we do, which is great because I feel like I'm in good company because I also Love what we do at DD Agency, <laughs> hence you know why I show up to work every day. You guys um, do good work, Jamie. Thank you, Jack. Um, but I'm, you know, Jack and I represent two different ends of a spectrum here, and that Jack has been a l- long time. I won't say lifelong, but you know, no one's no one's coming out of the womb and becoming a megap <laughs> member. I don't think yet. Although maybe a lifetime membership could be something to consider. Just, I mean, something. Um, but, uh, but Jack's been here before. He has also lots of network connections. Um, I am a, a proud NAGAP member since 2005. Man, 2005 what happened in 2005 like you know you ever look up uh, Google like yeah, what was famous, going on yeah. in that year yeah um, so I'll, I'll, I'll you, t- you tell the audience a little bit about yourself I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find out a couple of little things find out that, some things
2: from 2005 I, actually I'm, I'm gonna be
1: specific April 22nd 2005 I'm gonna find out what
2: was happening what then, was happening on yeah. that day yeah um, I will venture to say that um, Tom Brady probably won a Super Bowl in 2005.
1: Okay, I'm just going to say, I've been listening to uh, another podcast called <laughs> Armchair Experts with with Dax Shepard. And I just listened to an old episode with Tom Brady. And as much of a cyborg as that guy kind of appears to be, because he is like an actual superhuman, um, he,
2: he, does a great, he does a great podcast interview. Super friendly dude yep. and yep. real you know, down the, to earth. A, another special uh, thing about Tom Brady that people don't know, and people should know that I am not a Tom Brady fan because I am an Eagles fan.
1: Yes, um, Go so birds. I
2: still hurt from the 2004 Super Bowl, um, but then but I am happy about redemption. <laughs> Nick Foles, we love you, we miss uh, you, we do. Uh, Dougie still. Doug, we love you too, <laughs> Doug Peterson. Anyway, um, <laughs> Ross Tucker is a football analyst and uh-huh. uh, also knows Tom Brady well, and says that he has never seen anyone with the mad skills of beer chugging. Like oh, no kidding with Tom. Brady. No kidding. Tom Brady can evidently chug a beer like nobody's, nobody's business.
1: business. You know, it's funny, though, about Tom Brady. Just a, a couple of things. We said <laughs> we said Jack and I said before we started recording, hey, this is going to be a short one. And already I can tell that this is not turning out to be a short one because we're a far, far, far afield with Tom Brady. But um, he also was not a great quarterback in college. He was picked like really far he down was a in the sixth, draft,
2: sixth round draft
1: pick. Yeah, so amazing, amazing guy, amazing story of discipline and the pursuit of just perfection. And I think that you know, like, let's reel it back here to Negap, and that's that's what what we're trying to do, right? Like, we're trying to help some some gem professionals uh, do a little bit better at what they, you know, bringing in the students, the class that they want to. So, anyway, Jack, tell us about who you are and what you do
2: right now. Sure. So uh, my name is Jack Klett. And uh, Jamie and I, you, you, we've known each other for quite a few years now um, and have always enjoyed our, our time together, even working together. Um, and I, so I'm very happy. Let me, let me, on behalf of the GEM community, uh, let me welcome you to your first in-person NAGAP. Um, so I've been involved in graduate enrollment uh, well since 2005. Uh, my higher ed journey started in 2000 when I Started in undergraduate admissions and then uh, shifted over into graduate uh, enrollment in, uh, in 2005 and have basically never left uh, the world of never graduate enrollment and graduate studies. Um, I, I was a director of graduate admissions for a long period of time and uh, shifted over to the academic affairs side and became an associate dean of graduate studies uh, for a good period of time. And now I am part of the academic partnerships team at ETS. ETS,
1: ETS, also a, most likely a you know longtime affiliate of the gem community with services like GRE, GRE TOEFL, English language proficiency,
2: sure. and now we're doing um, uh, some really uh, fun work focused on holistic admissions uh, and assisting institutions with their ability to really take a look at an applicant uh, individually as opposed to a bunch of numbers in a spreadsheet that relate to GPA and GRE scores. Um, instead, really taking a look at what that student can offer, how that student will do in the program, uh, how do you take a look at not only the kind of objective measures um, and, and critical thinking skills that are so important, but how do you also look at really some of that, that th- those qualitative data points, um, those kind of non-cognitive factors Uh, that are also important how do you get the things like persistence and grit uh, the ability to uh, to to juggle so much as part of a graduate student experience and actually get the degree those are the ways that we're really trying to help institutions and all of that is really about supporting learners through the entire learning life cycle which really never ends jamie
1: yeah Right. Uh Yeah. I know that Jack and I have done podcasts in the past where we've talked about things like a 60-year curriculum. And I think that that's just a wonderful, you know, I don't even like to think about my personal attributes as an undergraduate student and how lacking in direction I was. Um, But I think the acknowledgement there is that through this process of life, right, like learners change, behavior change. Tom Brady is a great example of someone who in high school as a sophomore. He was a great baseball player, but didn't play football. That's when he started, you know, it's like and it, and it shows the progression and the same, you know, relative to those cognitive, uh, non-cognitive assessments that graduate students go through. So let's let's uh, segue there into, you know, like Jack as a as a veteran to the conference, as a friendly face that many know. Like what have been like you know, two or three big things that you're you're hearing and that you're that make you really excited or warm your heart or, you know, go as emo as you want to um, or be, you know, gritty and tactical if you want to do that, too.
0: All right. I want to tell you a quick story of something that happened at my family dinner last Sunday. My dad and I were drinking a couple of IPAs on the back porch when my 17-year-old sister, Abby, and her friend, Olivia, walked outside. As they walked onto the porch, I overheard them talking about this app that allowed them to join chat rooms with other high school students who were considering the same colleges and universities. And that app was Zimi, the number one social app for the college search. Abby and Olivia remarked how cool it was that they were forming real relationships with high schoolers from around the country. And they went on to say that they were now considering schools that they hadn't originally considered because of the friends they made on ZME. ZME is where Gen Z goes to meet their future college friends. It's the place where today's high school students decide if, when, and where to go to school. And it's the social network that yields the greatest insights on who your school's most qualified prospective students are and what these prospective students actually care about. Discover how your college or university can use Zimi to help engage quality prospects and nurture them to the point of enrollment by visiting colleges.zimi.com. Again, that's colleges.zimi.com. And if you talk to the team there, be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you their way.
2: Yeah, uh, well, I I think a perfect segue really because we were talking about change. Um, the theme for NAGAP this year is change management. And, I mean, man, have we been through some crazy changes the past couple years, uh, and especially in terms of not only how we work together um, within our own institutions, but also how we connect with students and, um, and, and, and try to meet them where they are. Uh, and I think that's been been quite a challenge right, over the past couple of years. But you and I have talked about before, just some of the amazing innovations that have happened out of necessity, really, uh, over the past couple of years. So one of my takeaways, if I'm to take a look at three takeaways, um, and this is going to be a little bit high level, uh, <laughs> it won't be very granular, um, but it really is uh, the change in NAGAP itself. Um, and I don't mean like from this year to, to, to last year, but Uh, just how NAGAP has evolved um, as an organization uh, to meet the, like, ever-changing experience on the ground for graduate enrollment management professionals. Uh, You know, I remember when I first got here in 2005, my first NAGAP, there there was no such thing as a, a session on, you know, digital marketing um you know there was we we weren't talking about you know website analytics and and right. and things like that i mean we were we were talking about you know print and and direct mail and you know it's just pretty crazy how things have have changed and evolved and you know you guys at dd agency had a great session uh bring your own Bring your own marketing challenge. Is that yeah, what it was? B-B-Y-O-M-C. Byomc, Yeah, that's that's what it was. And you know what I loved about it? Uh, what I loved about that session, which for people who are just tuning in, um, and 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 didn't experience it firsthand, uh, basically you had a panel of experts, including folks who were seated at institutions, um, just kind of brainstorming solutions to people's like real life, tangible, uh, on the ground challenges. And what I loved about that session was, first of all, you could have heard a pin drop in there. I mean, everyone wrapped attention, right? I mean, it was, um, it was awesome, but, um, you could have gone on for another two hours. Oh, you know, I see, I, right. I see the stack there of people's, uh, submitted challenges. Um, I have a lot of emails to write, (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of uh, solutions to find, I right. imagine. Yeah, um, and you, you you could have gone on. And one of the things that in hearing people's challenges, um, the the challenges were very much focused on you know how do we use modern tools and technology uh, to connect with with students, um, and that was cool because I think that that really underscored just the evolution of Nagap as an organization. You know, Nagap has always really been a way for professionals in the gem community to gain new knowledge, gain new insights. Um, So it was really cool to see how NAGAP is helping folks with with ed tech, with using new tools to engage students. But the underlying themes, though, still remain the same to what I experienced in 2005, um, which is, you know, at the very core of it, how do we connect with students? How do we meet students where they are? Um, And uh, so my first takeaway is uh, just the the evolution of NAGAP as an organization to support GEM professionals um, but yet at its core still really focused on how we empower GEM professionals to connect with students and it's one of the reasons why I just love this community.
1: Yeah, I think that word community is... Uh, That's been a resonating theme that I've seen, you know, and I I think a lot of us go to conferences and uh, we expect certain things, right? We expect sessions, we expect big meetings, we expect uh, an exhibit hall. Um, What we don't expect is to see the plethora of familiar faces, I think, all the time and to see this this tangible community that's that's there for each other and you know the vibe that i'm really picking up here and this is kind of my newcomer sense coming into it my spidey sense um is there is this genuine vibe of how do we help each other like obviously there's there's a ton of similarities and challenge that many face and there's also you know there's a as people who believe in our programs we want to you know, put our best foot forward, but there's also this like collective brainstorming process that's happening in, you know, kind of in real time, this, there's reunion combined with um, just this, that recognition of like verbal processing and working through it and hearing, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying about like, you know, uh, I've been to so many sessions over the last 36 hours that have been about, you know, what are we doing to make our digital space better to make it to relieve friction to um, to meet needs to provide content to get you know our unique value propositions to the surface whether that's an seo or whether that's content on the website or making a personal connection with a representative that can articulate those those differences and i feel like that's a um, just just being in this environment, you know, with 600 other professionals who are doing this and caring about it. And I think that word care is like significant, um, especially in light of, you know, the context of where we're coming in of, you know, a lot. There's a lot of rusty gears when it comes to being at a conference. I know you and I, you know, this is like we have not been on airplanes much to travel to conferences prior to this. And, and we're we're here and, and it's that's something very exciting about it. Yet at the same time, there's also this very real uh, uh, palpable challenge that is in front of the GEM community, um, you know, as we think about leadership and, uh, you know, a lot of, so, so absolutely um, would,
2: would agree with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, look, I've been part of a number of professional associations and have been to any number of conferences and summits and annual meetings and you know whatever they're called basically they're all kind of a similar format um but nagap has always it just is a really welcoming group of people um you know the stories of how people got into graduate admissions work and and graduate enrollment uh work um they're they're just so varied um but they're definitely to your point it it you know you could have two institutions um who are direct competitors yeah. but in this environment they're not comp- competing they're yeah. they're they're assisting one another and it's just a it's always been that way like it it it's always been just a really um welcoming group and i think part of that stems from the um kind of stepchild feeling that a lot of graduate enrollment um, professionals feel because, you know, there's so much attention at institutions on undergrad, right? And, uh, there's, they have larger, those, those admissions operations have larger budget. They have larger staffs. Um, so to be able to come to a community where everyone feels equally neglected, (laughs) (laughs) is uh
1: it's a it's half conference yeah half support group
2: yeah but uh, a but I, no
1: and i but i think those needs i mean that that pulls out the community right that helps people stand shoulder to shoulder saying hey we might be competitors but we can we can dialogue about how we've succeeded in this area and how this this has helped us and hopefully you can learn from that and you know it's the uh what's that slogan the uh a rising tide. A rising tide lifts all boats. There we go. And I think that that's you know that's a that's a reigning mentality here. Yeah. All right. That's number one. Wow. That was. That's the... kind of like number one for me too. Like we're already at seventeen minutes. Um, <laughs> so we'll, so we'll do, we better we'll do spe- two. We'll we do to speed this up. What's uh, what's the second big you know like second big thing that's kind of and, and you know what, let's be honest okay number one was really like five things like all wrapped right. into it but like right. what's the other thing like the the thing. As you think about, you know, boarding a plane tomorrow and going back to New Jersey and then, you know, resuming your your ETS, you know, work, um, what's something that you're going to take away from this experience that's going to like reinvigorate you or maybe has kind of helped your your mindset?
2: You know, I don't know if it's connected to what we've all been through with the pandemic or not, but my big takeaway is personal connection. And, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, I mean, I, I mean, yes, it's been great to be personally connected, sure. right, in person. It, it, it's it's part of that's part of like the takeaway number one. But um, but in so many Nagaps past, uh, we've there have been a lot of sessions on you know how do you convey your value proposition? Sure. You know how do you um, you know you have all these different programs like how do you talk about you know, what's, what's meaningful and what the student will, will get out of that experience. Um, and there's all kinds of cool work that's been done on, you know, trying to, to, to convey those value propositions and market those programs. Um, but there's been a lot of conversation, uh, at the sessions, at least that I've attended and really just milling around the room and talking with, with colleagues and friends, um, about how do we personally connect with the student, mm-hmm. with the prospective student? Um, in a way, it, it, it's, 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 it's more than just personally connected, connecting. How do we learn about the prospective student, um, understand what is personally driving them to yeah. want this graduate experience? And then how do we communicate to them through that lens? Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked before in other venues about um, the uh, the personal drivers, you know, sure. th- th- those things that are unique to graduate students um, th- that is making them want to get this degree. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, the undergrad experience, the first time undergraduate experience is almost like a rite of passage, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're graduating high school. Of course, you're looking at college or you're you're thinking about the military or you're 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 thinking about a trade or or something like that. But the idea that you're leaving high school and the next phase of your life is going to involve something right Um uh, it's basically a rite of passage. The graduate experience is not like that, right? Yeah. There, there's something personally that's driving you to want to get that degree, to have that experience, to gain new skills. Um, is it career advancement? Is it to make more money? Is it just complete and total passion for a specific subject? You know, I, I have my graduate degree in political science. Um, I, <laughs> I do nothing involving political science. Yes, but you um, love political science. I love You love science. politics. I do. Um, but it was the passion, right? It was the passion for that subject. And I said, well, I, I, I love it so much. I might as well just get a degree out of it. Right. Um, so what is that, that, uh, what is motivating that person? And then with that, what are the concerns that that person has, uh, about the potential obstacles to fulfilling that goal of getting that degree and having, um, and having that graduate experience, and the reason why I say I don't know if it's connected to the pandemic is because um, everybody's journey the past couple of years has been so personal, right? And I feel like, like my feelings <laughs> when the pandemic first happened versus my feelings in, like, 2021 and then my feelings, like, now yeah. are just all over the place. Like, at any given point, I was kind of – wrestling with so many things. Um, and of course you're worried about family and and friends and what they're going through, but it's this idea that, uh, everybody's on a personal journey. Um, and, and I, I just, I just have loved the, the, the focus of the sessions about understanding that personal journey and connecting in a way that was meaningful and, and, and communicating through that lens. Um, So that would be my second big ticket.
0: Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions and higher ed technology shows that are jam packed with stories, ideas and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason and many, many more you can learn more about the enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and emissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.
1: Yeah, I think that's like I have a a a slight adaptation to to that because I feel like there is um there's such a recognition of of the obstacles and and the access obstacles that certain demographics have and and i and i'm just uh in many ways i'm just really excited about higher how higher ed is like looking at that acknowledging like the elephant in the room like hey this has to be addressed we have to change process we have to you know we have to make sure that in in the pursuit of sharing this like wealth of greatness that higher ed is, um, that we're not overlooking, that we're not like minimizing the challenges that it represents for, you know, whether it's certain geographies that don't have, you know, high speed internet or certain, you know, just all sorts of, you know, issues of access. And uh, just, I love that we're, we're considering that and that it's becoming more and more, don't get me wrong, like there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of equity to to be reconciled and rectified, um, but it you know it's like the old proverb that is about you know the Japanese proverb of when's the best time to plant a tree. Twenty years ago, uh, and when's the second best time, today. Yeah. So like I'm I'm just happy that like the today is happening and that we're, you know, as a community of of higher ed professionals and even even higher ed vendors that were, you know, making sure that this is at the foreground of, of the work that we're doing so that, you know, we don't look back 20 years from now and say, Hey, we missed an opportunity that was there to make a difference for another next generation of, of citizens and students and families and, and whatever to, in order to, you know, move forward that like personal, whether it's personal enrichment, whatever the motivator is for a graduate degree Pursuit, like that, we're moving that forward, that we're
2: helping that generation, the
1: next generation, you know, get it better.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you touched on so many things that could turn this uh, episode into a three hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if if I if I could comment on some things you said about access and, and equity and um, you know, so people ask me sometimes, Jack, why do you work for? How come you don't, you no longer work for an institution? How come you work for ETS? um i just am completely on board with ETS's mission uh it's you know ETS is turning 75 this year which is congratulations awesome. I um, the cake is in the other room <laughs> thank you thank you and uh it, and from its inception uh its mission as as a nonprofit has been to advance quality and equity in education yeah. um and you know for so long uh assessments were a vehicle to do that it didn't matter you performed well on an assessment it didn't matter what your last name was um it didn't matter you know how much money you had in, in your bank account um you were able to objectively prove that you deserved a seat at the table that you were prepared for graduate school uh and you were ready um and now you know as things shift and evolve over time because nothing is ever static right we live in especially i feel like these days just what a dynamic time we live in um you know, ETS has itself evolved to meet the challenges of our time yeah. um, as it relates to quality and equity in education. Again, focused on that on that mission. And um, Suzanne Ortega, who's president of um, uh, CGS, the Council of Graduate Schools, she she says uh, of late that uh, the paths to and through Uh, graduate school are no longer linear, right? The idea that you go to, you know, high school, undergrad, grad, the academy, like that's, it's just not the way it works. Um, You know, people have lives and with the way our, um, our world is, you need to upskill and reskill and, you know, potentially do something very different than what you were intending to do with your career. Um, And graduate school can be a great uh, vehicle for that, yep. but inherent in her comment about not being linear, the idea is that every single individual student is on their own unique learning journey. Yeah. Um, so how do we how do we support each individual student? You know, how do we recognize and diagnose the disadvantages? That each individual student sometimes unique disadvantages that each individual student um, has and is facing, and how do we provide supports that allow that student to kind of get back on their journey and to continue to to learn and grow? Um, and uh, wow, we're getting very philosophical here, are, Jamie. Yeah. But it just happens. But you know? um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it 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 really. I think that's in large part what everybody is is doing here, yeah. is trying to figure out, you know, how do we provide that access, how do we support those students, and uh, how do we uh, open the, the, the doorway, if you yeah. will, to a graduate experience.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think you bring it all together in the fact that, like, obviously within context, you know, the context of where we've come from over the last few years, um, you know, the raised awareness with needs and you know, almost a better way to address access. But, but combined with that, like, just the technological advances that you, you know, started out remarking about, like ne- the NAGAP of years ago was about print and all these, you know, older modalities. But now these technological tools, like, they empower this process so much more. And they enable us to think through, like, hey, how can we meet the needs? How can we meet the needs of that non-linear journey in such a way that has, has less friction, that almost, that helps people find, you know, as, as they're at the Google search bar, like, helps them find the right institution from that point forward, right, without having any understanding that graduate school could be a part of the solution, that they're sitting down and typing in, you know, how can I be a better nurse, or, you know, whatever, like that, whatever that is, but that then leads to this pathway of a personal interaction with an institution, you know, a non-cognitive assessment that shows their persistence capability and moves them in the direction of picking those, you know, two or three institutions that they actually want to consider and then go forward. So I think that I mean it's as much as of a scary time it is for higher education, given the the obstacles and the challenges that are there, it's an equal it's an equally exciting time given that we have we have a lot of challenges and I think challenges produce, um, uh, again, another colloquialism is that like, um, oh crap, I'm going to forget it. I'm so bad <laughs> at colloquialisms. <laughs> Essentially what I'm trying to communicate is that, um, you know, it's the, the concept of the diamond comes out of the pressure, right? Like this idea of like, it, uh, putting immense pressure and struggle and, and, and pain into a, a process like it, sh- that challenge is what produces this stuff. That's, that's so welcome. And I think that that's, that's the exciting part. So we are at 30 minutes, wow. twice what we expected it to be. Um, Jack Klett, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate it. This has been a great way to kind of digest my first in-person NAGAP converse or er, conference. Um, but at the same time i think that you're absolutely right and that we could we could certainly talk for 3 hours about things like this so excited to be a part of this and excited to have some time to sit down with you and Hear your take as a veteran.
2: It is always a pleasure to join you, Jamie. And uh, hey, I'll see you at your next NAGAP.
1: You know what? I actually I have to close the loop. I said that I was going to look up some statistics about April 2025 20, during your...
2: Don't leave people hanging.
1: ...2005, your first... So April 22nd seems to be a particularly <laughs> like kind of boring day in history. Um, however, I'm just going to go with April 2005, generally speaking. So a couple of things that really stood out to me... Bulgaria and Romania sign an Ascension Treaty in order to join the European Union, which was big after that, you know, long bout of just lots of disruption in that part of uh, Eastern Europe. Um, uh, Another great one is that the super jumbo jet aircraft, the A380, makes its first flight from France and Airbus. uh, So obviously from France and uh, Syria completes a withdrawal from lebanon ending a 29 year occupation in april 2005 so nothing about tom brady sorry sorry tom um maybe you were chugging beer at that point but i doubt it you were probably too young because we're older and you're younger but um but anyway uh great to talk to you jack uh congratulations on being a faithful NAGAP member and uh excited about years to come
0: Hey all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts.